eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball Players Edition. Alongside Ben Davis, I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. Big Time Baseball Players Edition is part of Radio.com, which allows you to listen to your favorite radio stations for free, anytime, anywhere. Listen to over 300 stations and over 1,100 podcasts. Explore by location or genre to find music, news, and sports from your own location or across the country. You can follow Radio.com Sports on Twitter at RDC Sports. Now, we have a terrific show. Finally, the big dance is here. The World Series is upon us. We are past game one after a terrific back-and-forth matchup between the Astros and the Nationals. Ben, first and foremost, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great, Anthony. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for asking. What's, what's new in your world? Nothing much, man. Just a lot of soccer games, watching the girls, and... Uh, sitting in front of this TV, watching the, I think, which is going to be a terrific uh, World Series. Obviously, Garrett Cole goes on the bump for the Astros, going up against Max Scherzer. And uh, it didn't turn out to be the pitching matchup we exactly thought we'd get. But nevertheless, Ben, it was a terrific game. It sure was. And I actually sent a tweet out last night. I said, if you would have told me that Max Scherzer threw 496 pitches through four innings and was winning five to two, <laughs> I would have told you to seek medical attention. Um, my gosh, did that Astros team make him grind? It was it was amazing. And Scherzer's just hung in there. He stayed the course. He let his offense come back around. But Garrett Cole, you got to say the same thing for the Nationals. They went yeah. to that lineup once. And I always tell people, you know, hitting, it's it's a game of adjustments, right? We always hear that. Well, is it from pitch to pitch? Is it at bat to at bat? Is it game to game? Is it year to year? That's what it can be. You make those adjustments over your career. And the, the adjustments that the Nats made 
through their first time around was was unbelievable. They they didn't swing as hard. They got the ball down a little bit more, weren't chasing that high cheese from Cole. But Garrett Cole, and let's face it, he is the best pitcher on the planet currently. Um, they really had a really good attack. And I found it interesting that uh, Tom Verducci said last night that he interviewed Kevin Long, who I had, he's the hitting coach for the Nationals. And Kevin Long was my hitting coach in AAA with the Yankees, one of the best hitting coaches I ever worked with. And he actually told Tom Verducci that Soto is going to take a high fastball off Cole and hit it out. How do you make that prediction? And and have it come to fruition the way it did, that blows my mind. Uh, we could get into Soto in a second, but it was just overall just a great game. Uh, it's great for baseball. And it was only three hours and 43 minutes, which is hard to that's believe. The, that's the thing is – Nobody cares when the game is that compelling, right? Nobody cares how long the game is. As you right. said, 340 is by no means a short game. That's a long game. But you wouldn't have thought so if you were sitting there watching it because you were you were compelled by what was going on on the TV screen. And I got to say, listen, it, it wasn't 100% surprising for me to see um, Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer not do what we're used to seeing them do. You know, like one earned run, two earned runs throughout seven, eight innings. Uh, of, of pretty good pitching. When you have two teams that grind out at bats the way the Astros do, the way the Nationals do, I don't think there are, maybe other than the Yankees, these are the two best teams at that particular uh, thing offensively. Mm-hmm. Forcing you to make pitch after pitch, fouling off tough pitches. And listen, even you mentioned Soto going taking that high fastball. I mean, I know it was about, I don't know, 10 miles per hour slower, but he did the same thing to Kershaw's fastball. I mean, he likes the ball up in the zone. Now, Garrett Cole got him in that first at bat with the high fastball. He mm-hmm. went to the well again, and he lost it up somewhere in those those train tracks in left center. And I, I just marvel at this kid, man. When he's in there, whether he's doing his dance shuffle, letting, you, letting the pitcher know that I got you, or whether he's just in there being a 20-year-old, taking good hacks, laying off tough pitches, this guy is something special, but uh, I thought the 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 first thing that pops up in my mind is, is Zimmerman after the long wait uh, of getting to the playoffs and and being a factor. He gets to his first World Series, and what does he do in his first at bat? Bam! He cuts the lead in half with a bomb to center field, and I just thought the Nationals really beat the Astros at their own game. They they did a better job, I think, over the entire course of the game of grinding it bats out. Uh, and they did it a little bit better than the Astros. You very rarely see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting back to the, the at-bats were just spectacular. And, you know, if you look at a guy like Cole and Scherzer, they're both max effort guys. It's on every pitch. Yes. I mean, it's it's high leverage. It's it's max effort. Uh, but to have a 20-year-old go ahead and turn around and do what he did. Now, I, I'm going to read you off some stats right now, Tony. Okay, ready? And let me know if, if, if you would yeah, take please. these stats. Ready? So 278 batting average, 17 home runs, 76 RBIs. It's a pretty good season, right? Yes, I'm taking it. Right? Yes. Yeah, that was me in 1997 when I was 20. <laughs> right? That's me in that's me in Rancho Cucamonga in A ball. A ball, right? And this is Juan Soto blowing those stats out of the water. And the big leagues and in the World Series, right? He's 20 years old. He does turn 25 or 20. He turns 21 on the 25th, which is this Friday. But he's 20 right. years old. Here I am in A-ball when I'm 20 thinking, man, I'm I'm the best thing since sliced bread, man. I hit 17 home runs and hit 278. 
yeah, he's 20 and doing this in the big leagues in the biggest show of them all. Uh, I, I just the, the the calming presence that he has. We heard Zimmerman oh, say after God. after the game last night how he's able to slow the game down. I couldn't slow the game down when I was 20 in a ball, let alone in the big leagues or in the World Series. He is he's beyond a 20 year old. He's like a 35 year old. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say he's 33 stuck in a 20 year old's body. I mean, that's his that's how his approach looks really night after night. If, and I've gotten a chance to see him a lot over the course of the season. Nothing's changed. He's been the same guy all season. And what's rare is, as you said, for a 21, 20 year old to have almost no pulse during these big moments. I mean, he came up. And not only did he hit that ball out to left center, he came back a few innings later and hit a backdoor slider, an uh, absolute missile off the left field wall to score two more runs. I mean, this kid is is going to be something. I, as I've said many times on our show, I expect to see him in a lot of MVP conversations when it's all said and done in the future, moving forward, next year, the year after, you know, following years. But this guy is, is something else. Let's, let's talk about the game two matchup. Obviously, you got... Justin Verlander going up uh, against Steven Strasburg. And this is a swing game. It, it, the Nationals, this should they should treat this like a, a must mm-hmm. win. Because if you can get a 2-0 uh, lead going back home uh, to Washington and get three games there, you set yourself up pretty good. And you're going to force the Astros to maybe to have to go back to one of their, you know, up their top starters a little bit earlier in the series than they probably want to. Yeah, that's a great point. And they will have to, if that is the if it's the situation, if they do go up two nothing tonight, and it's a distinct possibility. Verlander is, well, he could be he could he has no hit stuff. We know that. But Steven Strasburg has been so good in the playoffs. And he yeah. has talked about a calming presence. His demeanor out there is just like, you know what? I'm not gonna give him. I'm gonna execute my pitches. And I think one thing that he does so well is he has 100% conviction in every pitch. It's not like he's thrown a pitch just to throw it. He has conviction in those pitches. And what I think what has really set him apart this season in the 19 wins and how darn good he's been in the playoffs is the fact that he can throw his all-speed pitches behind accounts to get back even accounts. And it's not yes, like he's just yes. flipping one in there, right? Just like, I'll just loft this It's a quality ball. pitch. It's a quality pitch. You're absolutely right. So I think, uh, you know, listen, if they can continue to go out there, you know they're going to grind at bats. And it, 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 think about, I know Rendon was quiet last night, but if Soto continues to be the Soto that he is, Rendon's going to get even better pitches to hit, and then he's going to start going off. Oh. And it's the trickle-down effect. And guess what? Houston, they have a problem because they have no <laughs> they have no lefties anywhere on that staff for this entire World Series. That itself could come back to haunt uh, the Astros, especially if you said as if Soto's going to continue to be the player he is, you don't have a lefty-lefty matchup just to try to counter that. Right. That could be a problem. It could really be a problem. I want to make one last point on Scherzer. As many pitches as he's thrown, how bad did you feel for Alex Bregman last night? Because – he treated Alex Bregman <laughs> so badly. He threw, he said, threw his best changeup to him. He threw his best slider to him. He threw his best heater all night to Bregman. And Bregman, I think he ended up with three, four strikeouts in that game. Yeah. It he, was... he, he struggled. <laughs> and, and I felt like Max had it out for him in that game. 
Yeah, well, you know what? He he made his best pitches, and I think he's going to be the American League MVP. And who do you want to make your best pitches to? The American League MVP. So, <laughs> so you know, Scherzer went out of his way to do to do that. Uh, but yeah, I I I agree. It, it's a tough night, and I think if you're the Nats, though, you got to be careful. He's going to look for some redemption tonight. Oh, believe it. Moving forward, as we said, you got you got Scherzer. Excuse me, you got uh, Verlander and Strasburg going tonight in game two. Grinky is supposed to go game three against, I believe it's Corbin, but who, who it, it, it moving forward, if this series continues the way it has, um, the bullpens are going to become a factor. And the one thing that stood out to me is, I know as I sat there and watched the end of that game, I didn't feel like that lead was safe as that bullpen came in, right? I mean, at any given point, the Astros can hang up a, a cricket number on you and, and really keep the pressure, and it and it bears the whole. Just the Nationals, for as good as that win was yesterday, they're going to need, they're going to hope that they can get Strasburg deeper in the game as well as Corbin deeper in the game because, as you can see, that bullpen can be a little dicey if your name is not Doolittle uh, at the very back end. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, but I will counter with, you know, Rainey came in last night, Hudson came in, and then Doolittle. You could see the stuff is there. Now, yeah, Rainey, I think I think he was just a little nervous. I really do. You know, that guy's throwing 100. The breaking ball that he struck out Altuve on was Ooh. disgusting. Ooh. I mean, that thing was nasty. Ooh. So you can see that the stuff is there. So maybe just getting their feet wet last night in that ball game, I think maybe just kind of got some of the nerves out. And I think one thing that the Nats have playing for them a little bit is the fact that I think Hudson and Doolittle are, are interchangeable. You know, yeah, so that's very true. We, we saw that the last series, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Hudson, you know, closes the ninth and Doolittle pitches the eighth. It's all going to come down to matchups. Now, Doolittle did look really good last night. I think he's a guy that's not going to succumb to pressure. But how many fastballs can you really throw to this lineup before <laughs> you know before before they start to tee off a little bit? But so, it, it, but I think I think their their stuff is there. It is the most amazing thing I've, I think I've ever seen. I mean, I think I see through one changeup yesterday at like 83. Everything else, fastballs. And it, it's kind of like, it's kind of what that, that fog ball uh, description, right? Like mm -hmm. guys are just swinging through it. It's not like super overpowering, 93, 94, but guys just don't seem to square it up. Let me ask you this. We talked about the Strasburg-Verlander Strasburg, uh, uh, matchup. Ver, if you had to pick between the two, I think Strauss has probably pitched a little better in this postseason. It, it, do you think it matters uh, that Verlander isn't been very good in World Series 0-4 with a 6 ERA? You know, when I think of Justin Verlander in the World Series, I can't get out of my mind the three home runs that the Panda hit off him. In, oh, that's right. That's you know, right. Years ago when the Giants played the, the Tigers. Um, no, I think Justin Verlander's at that point in his career where he, he really believes in, in himself. I look for him to have a good outing tonight. I really do. Um, but the way Strasburg has been pitching – I'm actually going to say, and and this is a, this is on the download, Tony. Shh. But I'm okay, actually okay. rooting. I'm actually rooting for the Nationals to win this World Series. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't say that too loud here in Philly. But I, no, I think, you can't. I think it'd be great if they did win. I think it's it's their time. Uh, it's been a long time coming. It would be the first one for them. Um, but I, I think I, I like the Nats' odds tonight. I like their odds to go up to nothing because Strasburg has been so good in the playoffs. And it's not like you're waiting for other shoe to drop with him because he's just been so consistent. He's been consistent throughout the regular season. And what he's done in the playoffs, he's actually upped his game. And I look for him to go out there and deal tonight. I think I still think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I, I 
I give the nod to Strasburg over Verlander, and I never thought I I'd too. say that. I, I never thought I'd say it. That's how far Strauss has come. I mean, you're talking about Verlander kind of being confident himself. I think confidence was always something Strauss, Strasburg had, but it was seemed like he never was really comfortable in his skin. Now you see him, you know, doing things that, I mean, I've known Strauss since he was here at San Diego State. Um, I've seen him do things that I thought I'd never seen. I see him dancing with teammates, having having a cracking smiles and having a good time. He just seems comfortable in his skin. Uh, and I think that bodes well for the Nationals moving forward. All right, I think we beat up this World Series matchup uh, enough. Uh, there's a lot of news going around in Major League Baseball uh, one of them being uh, David Ross is, is is at least reported to be getting the Cubs job. What are your thoughts on that? I personally have always enjoyed going up against David. Uh, it always seemed like he was a super intelligent guy, and I think he's going to have success. You know those guys in that locker room are going to uh, – he's going to immediately have cachet with them because he was teammates with all of these dudes, and they seem to really love him. Yeah, absolutely. And and the city loves him. He knows the city. Yeah. He gets the city. He knows what the Chicago Cubs are all about. Obviously, bringing a world championship to that franchise, which, you know, hadn't had one in a decade, uh, over, a de- or, or over a century, I should say. Um, obviously, I think he's the right man for the job. He's something that I think he'll be ready to do. He is a very smart guy. Um, he, and he knows the team. He, he knows the team in and out. It's going to be a challenge for him, just like anything else. But I think if anyone's up for it in the city of Chicago with that franchise, it's David Ross. And I, I wish him nothing but the best. Um, I think he'll, he'll do a great job. Uh, but there's, you know, so that's two down, right? So it's Madden and Ross. So we still have, what, six more hires to go? Right? <laughs> six more Padres, Phillies, amongst the top teams, that at least among the top jobs that are still available. And, you know, out here in San Diego, it seems like it's been narrowed down to two names. That's Ron Washington and Jace Tingler. Both had had uh, AJ relationships with AJ Preller back in Texas, so it makes some sense there. Now over in Philly, uh, we're hearing at least I hear I'm hearing Joe Girardi might be the front runner. What are you hearing, Ben? Yeah, that's what the stir is here in Philly. Um, I, I thought it was going to go down to Showwater or Girardi. Um, I don't know the relationship between Buck Shoulder, Showwater and Bryce Harper. I don't know if that's something that uh, might keep Buck out of yeah, the Yeah, because that's, that's, that's been like a little rumor kind of percolating that the, they may not be on the same page. Yeah, and, and obviously if Bryce is going to be here for another 12 years, he, he might have some say in who that who – <laughs> Just that, a little bit. Yeah, so I think maybe that uh, – maybe Joe Girardi, I think he'd be a great fit here. Uh, I think he's a guy that's going to bring some – reform back to the clubhouse for lack of better words and maybe institute a few more rules uh he's a guy that's no nonsense guy he's talked about another another catcher that uh obviously has a very good grasp of the game he's a world series manager already has one under his belt i think he'd be a great fit here in philly and i think he'd bring some uh resolve to that managerial spot that's kind of been like a merry-go-round for the last so many years here in philly all right ben now um a far less fortunate story uh, is kind of hovering over this World Series because uh, the Houston Astros are actually in the World Series. But um, there was a, a Sports Illustrated uh, report that came out uh, about Assistant General Manager Brandon Taubman. Uh, it was written by uh, Stephanie Epstein, and basically, uh, to to kind of shorten this a little bit, uh, the Astros just clinched to go to the World Series. It's about an hour after that, everybody's in there still celebrating and. Uh, the assistant GM, Brandon Taubman, uh, basically 
picks out three female reporters, one of which is wearing a, a purple band, kind of uh, uh, kind of promoting domestic violence awareness. And he proceeds to go over there, and and I'm quoting here. Uh, he turned to the group of of reporters, including one wearing a purple domestic violence awareness braces, and yelled a half a dozen dimes. Thank God we got Osuna. I am so ex- expletive glad we got Osuna. And uh, what's and this story kind of got legs because that came out. Then the Astros came out and completely denied and said that the story was fabricated, only to have. Uh, the Baseball Writers of America come out and make a statement. Major League Baseball is doing an investigation now. And reporters that weren't uh, a part of the Sports Illustrated crew also confirmed uh, the story that Stephanie Epstein described. And it seems like this is going to get really messy. It's just a, a, a huge, huge gaffe uh, by, by Brandon Taubman because, listen, it's one thing to want to support a player uh, that you've already – pretty much supported by making the trade for him a year ago, but to go out of your way and, and, and kind of basically just downplay any of the, the, the negative part of the story uh, involving Osuna just seems like completely out of touch, Ben. It is out of touch and, and there's just no room for it. Uh, not only in the game of baseball, but in life, right. it's just, there's just no, there's no reason for it. I, you know, I don't want to make any accusations. I don't know. It wasn't there, but you know, if it was said in that tone, you know, maybe he was just in a celebratory mood or whatever, but again, there's just no room for it. Um, I, I just, you know, it's a sad situation. And we heard AJ Hinch after the game address it. Uh, he said, you know, obviously he wasn't there, but he doesn't want to make anybody any, whether that be a reporter or whoever, photographer, doesn't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable in his clubhouse. And listen, it's his clubhouse. It is AJ Hinch's clubhouse. And he said, I'm sorry uh, for anything that may have happened. I expect that something to come out today, maybe some type of formal apology, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe a, a positional move. I don't know what, what can happen, but again, there's just no room for it. And it's a shame that you have this kind of black cloud over right. what you said, the biggest dance. It's over the, the biggest event of that baseball has all season. And unfortunately, we have this hanging over our heads. Here, here's two things that really irritated me about this story. First of all, because uh, Brandon Tomlin did release a statement, virtually apologizing, saying he was over-exuberant. But here's the thing. What are you over-exuberant about? Osuna literally blew a save right. in the ninth inning. Right. So there is really, there's no reason for you to be so elated about Osuna in this particular situation. Right. It made no sense to me. The other thing that really irritated me on this was, how do you make the manager have to be the face for this? This isn't something that had to do with anything baseball-related. Right. This is something to do with upper management. To me... It would have made more sense for Brandon Tomlin himself to be out in front of this or at least somebody up in the front office. I just think it was really unfair. And listen, A.J. Hinch is probably the best guy for the job because he handles he handles these things so well. But to send him out here just seemed a little gutless to me uh, in terms of him having to face the media for something that really had nothing to do with him or his ball club, per se. It had to do everything with the assistant GM. Yeah, especially after game one loss. So <laughs> you think A.J. Hinch wants to talk about this after his ball club just lost a one-run ball game where his best pitcher got beaten? 
Yeah, you know, yeah, this, no. it should be about baseball. That interview should have been all about baseball. Unfortunately, AJ's got to answer, but I do agree. If there's a guy that can handle it, and he did handle it the proper way, it's AJ Hinch. He it's, it's just a, such a class professional. All right, Ben, we, we're working our way through baseball news other than the World Series, and uh, award season's coming up. I mean, obviously, MVP Cy Young are at the top of the list for the top awards in baseball. MVP, there's a debate between Anthony Rendon, at least in my opinion, and Cody Bellinger. Uh, who, who, who are you taking? I'm going to take Rendon. I think he meant more to the ball club than Bellinger meant to the Dodgers. The Dodgers have too many other parts. I think that kind of really ensure their their playoff uh, you know chances. I think Rendon, what he did, I think that they the Nats no way make the playoffs without him. He plays a very underrated third base. Yes, um, he does. I think he's he's the guy, and he the way he did it, he carries. You know, he speaks softly, but he carries a big bat. He's my guy for National League. What do you got? I got Anthony Rendon as well, and I think what you saw, for me, I like consistency. And Anthony Rendon was consistent from start to finish. You mentioned how vital he was uh, for the the Nationals. Just remember, they were 19-31. and 31. And I promise you, without Anthony Rendon, they wouldn't have been 19-31, and 31, even at that point. And then when they got hot, the pitching came around. All of a sudden, he was at the forefront. And it seemed like in every single big moment, he was in the middle of it. And that's continued through these playoffs. So I, I also agree uh, with you on that one. Anthony Rendon, I think, is the, the winner. Bellinger, by the way, started out like gangbusters. I mean, at yes. one point, we were talking about him hitting 400. He came all <laughs> the way down to three at 302 around there somewhere. He finished low 300s. Nevertheless, had a terrific year. Really improved a lot from last year to this year, which is why he got the everyday at-bats that he was seeking for. But uh, I still think Anthony Rendon was more consistent and did it over the course of 162. There was no lulls, no big lulls for, for Anthony Rendon. Let's switch to the AL MVP race. And this one's a little bit more, has a little bit more of a debate, despite Mike Trout, who's at one or two in, in the, the discussions every year, despite him missing the last portion of that season, uh, he's still for, right at the forefront there with uh, Alex Bregman for AL MVP. Who you got? Well, I, I just really do not like to go against Mike Trout, but unfortunately, I am going to go against Mike Trout. Mm. The only man that had a higher war, uh, 8.4 compared to Mike Trout's 8.3 was the war wins above a replacement, and that's Alex Bredman. Um, I, I think the 41 home runs really sets him apart. Um, I, I think that him playing is just a very solid third base, and the fact that he had to move to shortstop for a whole month while Correa was hurt again, I think, and did a phenomenal job at shortstop, you know, moving back and forth. I, I just think he is the, the American League MVP. Mike Trout, would he have a higher war than Bregman? Most likely, uh, but he got hurt and he had to miss the last, what, six weeks of the season. Um, I, so I think that for that reason alone, I'm going to go with Bregman. I hate going against Trout because he is so stinking good, uh, but he's got enough MVPs already. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. He, he has a boatload of them and he'll probably have some more. I just find it fascinating that Mike Trout missed, I don't know what, the last month of the season, maybe a little bit more than that. And it's still only barely got beat out in the war statistic by 0.1. That's how good Mike Trout is. But as much as this pains me to do, I'm going to have to agree with you, Ben. I think this mere fact that Alex was healthy the whole year and was able to surpass Mike Trout in a lot of these numbers, um, I think that puts him you know, at the top of the list for the AL MVP. I will say 
there's no doubt about it. The, the Astros are good enough to where they could probably make do without Alex Bregman for a little bit, whereas the, the, the Angels have no shot. Nevertheless, I, I think there should be something said for, for a dude like Alex Bregman to really come and snatch uh, this AL MVP from Mike Trout. I, I think he's deserving of it. So yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think it's Alex Bregman as well. Yeah, I agree. But I think one guy that might get some looks is Marcus Simeon. I think he just he's had an unbelievable season, played in all 162 games. He hit 285 with 33 home runs and 92 RBIs, but he played a solid shortstop. He really was a a key ingredient to that Oakland Athletics team making a run. Um, You know, I think he'll fly under the radar because he does play for Oakland, but I still see him getting some votes. It's nice to see him really have that breakout season. I totally agree. Uh, um, I think he's just on the wrong coast. (laughs) He's on the wrong coast, and he doesn't have the star power Mike Trout does. Mike Trout obviously is on the West Coast, too, but he does have that star power that kind of garners a lot of attention. Joining us here in a few minutes will be Matt Diaz, former MLB outfielder for the Braves. He's also an MLB radio host, so stay tuned. Hey, everybody, Cody Decker here from Swings and Misses, the Radio.com Sports Original, here to talk to you about 4hims.com. 4hims.com is your one stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. And you know what? I'm 32, and I've been taking hymns for three weeks now. Baseball did everything it could to take my hairline away from me, whether it was just wearing a helmet, wearing a hat, or my managers just not playing me. My hair was going away. And I'm 32 years old, and I don't want to be part of this statistic anymore. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best versions of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help you regrow your hair. 4Hims connects you to real doctors online. Get the hair loss treatment everybody's talking about, featured in GQ, Men's Health, Playboy, just to name a few. Not to mention, I talk about it every day on our Radio.com original Swings and Misses. Go to 4Hims.com slash swings. That's 4Hims, F-O-R-M. H-I-M-S dot com slash swings. We're happy to bring aboard former big league and current MLB radio host, Matt Diaz, who spent most of his career as an Atlanta Brave. Matt, thanks for coming on with us today. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, game one is in the books of the World Series. And honestly, I don't know if you could have asked for a better game. Not the pitching matchup that we quite anticipated, but a, a great game nonetheless. Great game, nonetheless. Uh, I pointed this out on Twitter last night. Of course, I'm not wrong in the sense that the two best rotations in the playoffs made the World Series. It's still pitching beats hitting usually. But when you look at the approaches that both these teams had offensively, it's no wonder that these great pitchers struggled their way through that ball game last night. Matt, it, it, you bring up the the approach of, of most of the hitters in last night games on both sides. Uh, of these rosters and the thing that stood out to me most is uh, I, I thought back to the last two off seasons where guys who were the age of 30 or over were kind of shunned and pushed aside yet they seem to be the ones making the biggest noise put aside Soto but you got guys like Zimmerman you got guys like Howie Kendrick putting together good uh, at bats and coming up big in, in big moments what about being a veteran can give you an advantage in the postseason. Well, you're absolutely right. You look at the ages of these teams. The oldest team in baseball this year was the Washington Nationals. The fourth oldest were the Houston Astros. So experience still has value. You don't have to pay as much for that value as you used to if you're a front office exec, but it still has a huge value, especially in these key situations. 
they've been there. They've done that. You think of Zim, I mean, been there, done that. He really hasn't. Right. He hasn't been <laughs> at the first round right. in his time. And, and, but nothing's going to face him. He's going to take advantage and, he, and he's going to do it. And, and I, I would go to say, I think those guys, the Kendricks of the world, the older guys that are around that locker room, help Soto be Soto, right? Deal with controversy, with people not liking his takes, help him still stay him, talk about when they were younger in the game. So there's an added value of locker room chemistry as well. But on the field, nothing's going to phase these guys. They are not going to let their entire career be defined by one moment. So they are able to take it at bat by at bat. When you're a young player in pressure situations, you tend to think your entire career is going to be based on that one big at bat. And you tend to let the moment get too big. These older guys don't have to do that. Matt, I want to get back to the first comment you made about the pitching. The two best pitching staffs are in the World Series. Do you think maybe some front offices will take a look at this and realize, hmm, maybe it's not about launch angle. Maybe it's not about war. Maybe it's not about, uh, you know, XFIP. Maybe it's just about guys developing good starting pitching and having that carry you into the playoffs and then some. Well, that's that's what we talked about, the Nationals, all the way down the stretch. If they make the playoffs, watch out, right? Because they have the starting rotation to take you deep into a ballgame. Both of these teams in the World Series have huge questions in their bullpen. And we saw that last night, even with Washington winning the ballgame, it, it sets up a, a conversation to have moving forward with the quicker you can get the national starter out of the bullpen, the more times that Patrick Corbin is not available in relief, right, the better right. chance you have to beat them late in the ball game. Yeah. Starting pitching still rules the day. Um, now there just aren't that many developed starters because of pitch counts and stuff like that. You mentioned launch angle and some of these new stats as I'll call them. I love them as measurements. Mm -hmm. Yes. But yes. you can't build a swing. You can't well build a swing with launch angle. You use launch angle as a measurement of being on time and not being too steep into the ball and making sure you're getting through the baseball. It's just a way of measuring what we used to always say. We talk about spin rate. We used to just say, man, that guy throws 88, but he throws a fog ball. I don't know how it gets <laughs> right. by. Now, now, we know, now we know it's actually because he spins the mess out of that four-seamer and gets on you quicker. Uh, so you can actually quantify what we always saw. So instead of saying that ball gets on him, we say, wow, that guy has a high spin rate. But it's a great measurement. It's a tool. But like any tool, if it's misused, it can, it can create ha havoc. Matt Diaz, MOB radio host, former big leaguer, joins us here on Big Time Baseball Players Edition. Uh, Matt, I, I want to talk a little bit about your a team you spent most of your career with in the Atlanta Braves. We're talking about the value of, of having guys with experience. Uh, the Braves have been able to, to gain a lot of that experience with a really relatively young team. Um, what do you see for them going forward? Because I personally had to pick to get to this point. Uh, be a team that could upset the the Dodgers. They didn't get that far, unfortunately, but this team has a lot of potential to be really good for a really long time. They do. They've gone, kind of gone back to the drawing board and building from within has been the Braves mantra with adding a few key people around their nucleus. Their nucleus is Freddie Freeman, Acuna Jr., Ozzie Albies. Those guys are homegrown. Then you add in a Donaldson for this year. Marcakis has come and become a brave himself uh, in the long term. So they have they have those pieces. What differentiates this team versus the Braves of the 90s and, and 2000s is, though we talked about earlier, is that starting pitching. The Braves yeah. are the most dominant starting pitching in the National League for a decade and a half. Um, that's going to be – they have the arms in their system. It's going to be who steps forward. Who is that, Who is that? you know, Glavin, Smoltz, homegrown guy, and do they add a guy like a Maddox – uh, through free agency 
Uh, if you end up with a trifecta like that, you're sitting pretty if you're the Atlanta Braves with this young nucleus. And again, their young core now is an experienced young core. Yeah. I'm all for you. I, it's a young man's game. And if you have youth and experience in the same person, like an Acuna, like a Swanson, like an Albies, uh, you're, you have a pretty good foundation to build on for a long time. You know, Matt, you, you look at player development, and that's something that you know, being here in Philadelphia, I think, is, is something that has lacked over the years. But then you look at the Atlanta Braves, and you're thinking player development, you know, every, every now and again, you'll find a diamond in the rough, like an Acuna or an Albies. But obviously, some, some luck goes into that. But it doesn't seem so for the Braves because they do it every year. What makes them, what really sets them apart in the player development and finding these guys out in the middle of nowhere, seemingly? Well, they they trust their guys. Uh, this is this is a new thing, and I, I, it was new to me when I got to the Braves. But uh, when guys would get called up, they weren't sitting there waiting to pinch hit and get a few at-bats this way. They were thrust into the lineup, and Bobby Cox did that right away. He thrust them into the five, six hole lineup. They're not batting eighth in a position they've never batted before in the minor leagues. They're called up and said, here, go succeed. And they wait for them to succeed rather than look for them to fail. Mm. That, that really, to me, was when I was with the Braves, watching them handle their young players versus the way I was handled in Tampa Bay or Kansas City and watched other young players. It was almost like, hey, we're looking for the positives instead of looking for reasons why you might not be a big leaguer. We're going to focus on the things that made you uh, made us think you were a big leaguer. And they just let the kids. I mean, it's it's a I, I hate to use the hashtag, but they let the kids play. And they did. They brought <laughs> he, he caught John Smoltz, his first big league start. Right. I mean, who gets to catch a future Hall of Famer? Your first big league start. Smoltz fell in love with him. Love him. Jeff Francoeur comes up. I think he batted in the middle of lineup when he was yeah. a young player. Um, when I when I was there, I remember Willie Harris gets called up, and he wasn't a young guy, but he was an up-and-down guy trying to stab himself as a big leaguer. I think he went in the lineup and batted second his first game. So um, they don't they don't sit there and, and hope that you figure out how to be a bench guy, then earn your way into a starter. They, they go in and say, listen, we think you can do this. Show us. Matt, one more from me before we, we get you out of here. Uh, give me your World Series prediction. How do you think this ends? Well, I saw I said Astros in six uh, before it, and I'm, I got to stay with it because it's still possible. Um, but yeah, Astros in six, uh, they've been behind 0-1. I think in their last three seven-game series that they went seven games, they were behind 0-1 and won the series. So it might end up going seven, but I'm still taking Astros in six. Well, one more for me, Matt, and we'll let you get going. A lot of managerial moves being made. What former teammate really sticks out in your mind that can say, you know what, I think this guy would be a great big league skipper? Well, he got, he, uh, the rumor has been confirmed today, David Roth, uh, Chicago Cubs. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind that he would, he would manage. <clears throat> I honestly thought David might take uh, a, a job. The people would be thinking David should take a job with uh, San Diego or one of those up-and-coming teams um, where the pressure wasn't there. But if you've watched him play over his career and watched him dance now on ABC, he handles high-pressure situations very well. <laughs> Indeed. Whether it's playing, dancing, and now managing, I love the fact that he went straight into the fire. I think he'll do a great job. There's others as well. I could, I could go through a, a litany of them. Chipper Jones would be a phenomenal Major League manager. He's one of those superstars hmm. that also knows the game. It wasn't natural to him. He was a switch hitter. His righty swing was pretty natural to him. Lefty, he worked on it every day. The greatest in-game in hitting coach I've ever had was Chipper Jones. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys that I played with that I could see managing one day. Um, one, 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 off, one, one kind of out there suggestion I made today on Twitter was Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew mm. McCutcheon one day would be an incredible big league manager. I'd love to see it. 
We need some we need some more uh, minority managers in Major League Baseball, and Agreed. he would be a great one. Agreed. Well, Matt, we appreciate you coming on today. Uh, obviously, some great information, and uh, we'll see how this World Series plays out. But I'd love to have you on again sometime. Matt Dias, Major League Baseball radio host. We appreciate it very Thank much. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball Players Edition presented by Radio.com Sports. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching Big Time Baseball. You can also find us on Twitter at RDC Sports. Until next time, Tony Gwynn Jr., Ben Davis, have a good day. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.